Hey everybody, welcome to the Church of Jubilee podcast. My name is Pastor Jonathan with Church of Jubilee. In this week's message, reading out of the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 14 through 16, we learn about a word called Shema, S-H-A-M-A, and it is a Hebrew word. And this word means to obey and listen in the Bible from 1 Samuel chapter 16. We read that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and that the Lord had allowed a distressing spirit to trouble him. And when I think back to Saul, I think back to how much easier it would have been if he would have just have obeyed and obeyed and listened to the word of God. And it took a man of God named David that would play his harp with his hand. Spirit would leave and flee, but because of an anointed man named David. But the most important thing to remember out of this week's message is that it is better to obey and listen than it is to sacrifice. And I don't know what you're going through this week. I don't know what you're going through in life, but I will tell you this, that obedience is what God requires. And it is better than a sacrifice, the word says in the book of Samuel. So I pray that this week's message that it would be an uplifting encouragement for you, that you would know to obey and listen to the voice of God, that you would not think twice, but that you would allow the Lord to work in your life like never before and to do things that He has never done in the Spirit of the Lord and to allow Him to continually bless you always. Remember, obedience is what God desires. And if you follow through with obedience, then the promise of the Lord, the blessings of the Lord will be upon you and God will be with you. Thanks for tuning in this week. I pray that you would share this podcast and, uh, you know, give it to somebody who needs it. Somebody out there needs to hear this word and let them be blessed in the name of Jesus. God bless you. As always, this is Pastor Jonathan with Church of Jubilee Podcast. In the name of Jesus. So as you are there standing, let us go and open our Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel. Chapter 16. Verses 14 through 16. I got to tell you that one week that we took off. Man, that really strained my hand. (laughs) It seems like I was out of practice on the keyboard there. It really worked out my forearm here. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verses 14 through 16. When you have it, say amen. Let's read what the word of God says. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful, a skillful player on the harp. And it shall be that when he will play it with his hand, when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you shall be well. And you shall be well. You may have your seats giving glory to God. Hallelujah. Give them praise for something. Tell them thank you, Jesus, for today. Hallelujah. If you have children, thank them for your children. If you have a wife, thank them from your wife. If you have a son or a daughter, thank them from your daughters. If you have parents, thank them. In all things, always give thanks. Amen. I said in all, thing, in all things, give thanks. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Let's take a little bit of the background as to what we're talking about today in the scripture that we're reading. King Saul is in charge and he is the king that has been placed there and he is he has been given and was guaranteed a victory over the Amalekites, okay? The Amalekites were a strong army that were known for being brutal. But King Saul and God's children were guaranteed this victory over the Amalekites. He was also instructed by the Lord. to he, he, The Lord gave him a command to not spare anybody's life. He said, King Saul, you are to go and take over and destroy the Amalekites and destroy every walking living thing that is a part of their heritage and generation nobody is to survive fair enough right sounds pretty simple but if you read back prior a couple of chapters you realize that Saul disobeys the Lord he doesn't do what the Lord tells him he he goes and he gets the victory and he wins and, and instead of doing what God told him to do he goes and he does the opposite he says King Agag or Agag I'm going to spare you. Let me tell you to be very careful when God gives you instruction, whether it is written word or is it a word of God that has been placed in your spirit, it is important that you listen. Because Saul disobeyed the Lord, so he spares this king of the Amalekites, King Agag, and the Lord begins from that moment, he says, I have rejected Saul going forward. I want you to think about that for a moment. Let that sit in. What was it that caused the Lord to reject Saul? It is disobedience. It was the refusal to listen to what the Lord had given him. Then the Lord tells Samuel, Samuel, I want you to go search for a new king. And this time, he will be a king that I desire to be on the throne. Because if you must know anything about King Saul, King Saul was not initially, originally from God. He was a king that the people said, we want a king. Give us a king, Samuel. We want somebody. We don't want to wait on who God is waiting, has, has assigned to us. We want a king now. And we, and we have an idea of what we want our king to be like. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? I've entitled today's message, Shema. S-H-A-M-A. You're probably like, what in the world does that mean? What does Shema mean? And what does that have or what have anything to do with what you're talking about? Let me explain. There's a few points I want to cover today. Because the super important thing to grasp in this story is that this word, Shema, is also known as to be obedient. To hear from the Lord. Hallelujah. The single most important detail that would have brought Saul favor with the Lord was a little word that meant to be obedient. Can you say amen to that? So if you, must, if you want to know Hebrew, know that the Hebrew word for obedience or to hear is Shema. Or the way they pronounce it is something like Shema. Something to that extent. I just prefer to say it's shame what's easier to say. But here you have this King Saul who thinks that, you know, he is king. And let me tell you something about King Saul. He was, to the people, he was a handsome person. He was of good stature. He fit the part. He looked the part. But in his heart, he was further from God. 
Because the people were looking to the outside. And God says, don't look to the outside. For I, the Lord, see things differently. I see the hearts differently. And you must understand that this word, Shema, was so important. Because the one thing that God had instructed King Saul not to do and to spare anybody was the one thing that he did. And it came at a cost. Hallelujah. And I think to myself, doesn't that sound so familiar? That God has told us how to live. He has given us his word of God. He has brought people in our life to give us a word. Hallelujah. And he's given us something to move forward into. But the moment that he, we get a chance or we get some type of authority or the moment we, we get some type of gift, we begin to do the opposite of what God desires. We begin to be like King Saul and say, you know, I think it's reasonable that I've killed all these people. But the king has, I mean, I'm a king. I'm going to give him a, a, a courtesy to courtesy. Brother Miguel, when you get pulled over by law enforcement for speeding, you've told me stories that sometimes you show the badge and they give you a courtesy. Amen. They give it like a, hey, okay, slow down. I can imagine the king doing the same thing. He's another king. You know what? I already beat your army. I already beat you down. Your army's dead. I'm going to give you mercy. And we become like King Saul. We do such a good job at times of reasoning our decisions. We do such a good job at trying to be smart about what we do that we forget that God is smarter than us. We forget that his word has been here longer than we have. We forget that his, that his voice is louder than any voice you would hear. But if we're not careful, we become like King Saul, who I believe said, you know, yes, God, I get it. You told me to kill all these people. You, you know, I know you told me to wait. But you know what? Um, I, I'm going to still honor you right now. So, um People are all my army out there or the people that are my army. Don't kill all the fattened calves. Don't kill the sheep. We can use them. It was instructed to King Saul not to take anything to destroy it all. And King Saul allows people to spoil the plunder, to take the plunder from the spoil. He allowed these people to do what they wanted to do under his leadership. And he, and he didn't have a hard time, you know, just letting them get away with taking the sheep, taking the rams, taking the good food that would become food. And then you know what he has the audacity to do? He says, let's present this to God. Let's do what God told us not to do. And then... Convince ourselves that we can bring this, what I shouldn't have been doing, to God. And he'll be pleased with us. Let me tell you what the prophet Samuel said. In verse 15, 22, uh, chapter 15, verse 22. This is what he says. You ready for this? Because this is what Samuel told Saul after the Lord had spoken to Samuel. He said, so Samuel said... Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. 
You might be wondering yourself, what in the world that, that we just read? Let me break it down for you in 2020 terms. Amen. You ready for this? In other words, Samuel tells him, do you actually think that the Lord would be pleased with what you have to offer and sacrifice rather than obeying the voice of the Lord? That's what, that's what he basically said to him. He tells him, how, how could you even think that you could bring disobedient, that you would be, bring what you are not supposed to do and bring it before the Lord and him honor you? And him bring you favor and him give you something. Yes, he loves us, but he requires obedience. What did Samuel say? To obey is better than sacrifice. Amen? I think sometimes we become distracted, hallelujah, and we don't understand God's command so we try to reason it we don't understand we can't see God's hand moving sometimes so we try to reason with it and say hmm I think God means this and I'm going to do this and I think God does this and I'm going to stay here and I'm going to keep doing this and and God has said just wait and I, no 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 but I think God I think you're moving me over here I think you're telling me to do this I think you're you're inspiring me to do this and when God's like son daughter just just chill chill no 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 no. hold on God hold on I, I gotta I, I feel it I know what's going on am I talking to anybody today amen but we must understand that God requires shema the obedience to hear and listen hallelujah let me tell you brothers and sisters that it is through the obedience to God it is the way you honor your God hallelujah that is in heaven and his word that the blessings of God listen to me that the blessings of God would flow in your life if you want to see blessings obey God if you want to see blessings be faithful to God if you want to see blessings, live a walk that honors God. Hallelujah. I believe King Saul never lived the life that ever honored God. You want me to tell you why? Because he was never of God. He was placed there because of people. So how do we gain favor? We read, we obey his word. Hallelujah. If King Saul would have just done as the Lord had commanded him, he would still have been in God's favor and would have been blessed. Think about that. If, if he would have just said, you know what, kill them all. I know that's kind of harsh, right? We look at that and say, man, he killed all those people. Well, this is the Old Testament, so it was real back then, okay? It's as real as you could get. Like, you say something wrong, you got stoned, okay? You don't live in Candyland that we live in. <laughs> the Candyland that we live in nowadays, amen? Hallelujah. Listen to what Isaiah, can you put up Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says. There is the importance of Shema. The importance to be obedient, hallelujah. And if you're getting anything today, I want you to know, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to let the spirit of God convict you, hallelujah. And to understand that if you ever want the blessings in your life, obedience has to come first. Obedience comes in many forms, but it comes from one source, and that is his word. Hallelujah. In the book of Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, it says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the what? 
If you are willing, hallelujah, and obedient, what is it? You're willing, which means you yield. Obedient, which means you listen. You shall eat the good of the land. Don't expect to be having the good of the land if you can't be willing and you can't be obedient. Because that's where King Saul found himself. Yeah, he was king, but guess what happens after you, he disobeyed God? God says, you know what? I don't want you anymore in my, as king. You were never in my plan in the first place. I'm going to look for a new king. A new king that knows how to worship me. Hallelujah. A new king that knows his love for me. Hallelujah. Who have spent some times in a dark place at times. Who have spent some times guiding others to a different place. Putting others before him. Hallelujah. God said, I'm looking for a king that seeks after my own heart. Hallelujah. Can I ask you today to be a brother and sister in Christ that knows how to search for the Lord. Hallelujah. That knows how to wait upon the Lord if you have been wanting blessings God says just be willing and obedient to my word and the blessings of God shall be uh, the good of the land hallelujah can you give the Lord a round of applause because he is worthy the Lord is pleased when we sacrifice don't get me wrong when you fast he's pleased but you know what? He's more pleased when you listen. Because when you listen, you don't do this anymore. Right? If somebody says, man, you're a good listener, that means you probably don't say much. Because you're listening. You know how hard it is to just listen? But the one voice that we should just listen to is the Lord's. And we are to be still. Be still and know that he is God. Amen. You know, everything that God requires is complete opposite of our flesh. We, we can't just be still sometimes. We have to move. But in the spiritual things of God, he requires us to be still to listen and to obey if you want blessings in your life you have to obey so let's look at the philosophy of today the philosophy of today's world says this it's very faded very deteriorated so much that it teaches us to obey what we think is right okay this applies to many things in life i hope you're learning something because I believe that if you can apply this to your life, you're going to be a lot more blessed. If you allow God's word to be the ultimate deciding factor. In other words, if there's something that you, you, um, you feel you want to do or you want to go into a, a job or whatever. And you seek the Lord and his word. I believe favor will be upon you. If you do the opposite of what God requires or says, you're going to struggle. And many of us, including myself, have been in the struggle phase for a while at times. We tried it our way, didn't work so well. Thank God for his grace and mercy, amen? But this philosophy of this world says, do whatever you want. Because God forgives you. So do whatever you want. It is more important 
like Samuel said, to obey than to sacrifice. God is looking for people who will obey. Looking for children, for brothers and sisters who will obey. That, that, that includes every one of us in this place. Because there's some of us that have been in church for a while. And we come to church, but we don't obey God's word. Or his voice. Amen? And what happens is that it becomes very hard. Take a look at our generation. Um, I don't want to knock on this generation because I believe this generation has potential. I believe that this generation that is upcoming has a huge uh, uh, Joshua potential. Hallelujah. But I also see the other side that this world is teaching our generation. And that it is to not accept authority. To not be accountable to anybody. To not have to worry about authoritative positions. Look, look at the movements that have been created. What are they? they ant they're anti-government. You know who leads most of those rallies? The newer generation. Why? Because the devil has said, hmm, if God requires obedience, then I'm going to require disobedience. If God has been a structural God of order and government, I'm going to go anti-government. If God has said you have life and life in abundance, I'm going to go abortion style to kill the life before it even comes out of the womb. If God says I have ordained marriage as a sanctity, a sacred act uh, between a man and a woman, I'm going to do the opposite of that. I'm going to cause it different. You see where I'm going now, right? This is the philosophy that the world has been teaching our new generations, hallelujah, where it's not about God, it's about them, it's about us, it's about how I feel, what I think, how I reason with God. Well, the last person in the Bible that I can just read about, King Saul tried to reason within himself and he lost the throne of God. He lost the throne of the king, forgive me. You with me? He tried to reason. What did he do? I'm the king. I have the authority to act on this. I'm going to pardon king of the Amalekites. You're good, man. I'm, who's going to stop me? I'm king. That's King Saul right there. But I want you to know something. That the next point I want to bring to you is this. King Saul, in his crazy state of being tormented still had to rely on God he still had to depend on God he still had to go to God and understand that no matter how big and bad he thought he was there was still a higher authority hallelujah and that was the Lord God who had allowed him to be sitting over king of his children so guess what happens we read it right King Saul has been rejected and then God allows a spirit of distress to torment him. And, and this distressing spirit is so bad that Saul can't stand it. Think about that. When you feel like anxious and you're worried and you're like, oh, I just, I don't feel good. I just, I don't know. Just, I, I've talked to some of you and even at times I felt that myself where you're like, I just don't know. I just feel so much anxiety and all. Okay, well, imagine that times like a hundred uh, because God has allowed that to happen. King Saul was in torment. 
So then he tells us, you know, he's, he's there suffering and he's in torment. And, and his servants notice how much torment and distress he's in. And he mentions and he says, you know, they say, you should go find a harp player. The one, you know, the harp is the big old with like a thousand strings. <laughs> However many strings it has, I don't know. But it's one of those nice things you hear on, on old shows and all that. But the harp... And the skilled player is what they desired. And the reason why they did this is because they said, when the heart player plays, then the distressing spirit would leave. Hallelujah. You with me? I like what happens here, and I need you to listen to this, because this is how good God is. No matter what you've gone through, no matter where you've been in life, look how God will still use you. Hallelujah. So look at this. So, you know, King Saul's heart, hallelujah, was always one that was worried about himself. He comes and he, and he comes and he's looking for this person, this skilled player. And who do you think they go to? How about a King David? Who God said, I'm looking for someone that's going to play for me. Someone that's going to sing for me. Hallelujah. Someone that's going to preach me. Hallelujah. That's going to believe in me. Hallelujah. That begins to speak about me. I need to find somebody. Hallelujah. God was saying, I'm looking for a person. Hallelujah. That I will appoint, appoint king that is a man after his own heart. Hallelujah. So that I would even use him in this situation already. I'm going to plant him. I'm going to set him up. And I'm going to put him already in the king's palace. So David comes, plays his little harp with his huge harp, and the spirit leaves for a little bit. Then when David would stop playing, guess what happened? The spirit would come back and torment Saul again. I want to ask you something, not to answer me out loud, but think to and reflect to yourself. If you're King Saul, you have just angered God to where you're being removed what is the one thing that you should be doing think about that for a moment what would you be doing if you're in that situation what would you be doing you're already suffering you're in torment and, and you know and and you God is upset with you what would you do I, I would tell you I would be on my knees asking God every day for forgiveness But do you think that's what King Saul does? He says, no, I would rather feel good rather than change who I was or who I am. Hallelujah. You see, some of us are like King Saul at times. We, we want to feel good. We come to church to feel good. We watch online because we want to feel good. We want to feel important. We want to feel like we did our, do, our civil duty and spiritual things. We, we feel like we're doing God's will. So, you know, we'll come and we'll come to church and, hey, God bless you, pastor. And, hey, God bless you, sister. And how's it going? Great. But yet you don't change so we become like king saul where he would he rather have had somebody just temporarily relieve his pain instead of repenting to god he never repented to god he didn't come and, and you know he didn't just go day by day and say i'm gonna just keep crying out to god until he hears me he said no you know bring me that skilled heart player 
David, please play. Play, David. Oh, that sounds so good. Man, I'm feeling better already. That's so good. Joy lasts for a little bit, right? And then, and then David stops playing. Oh, man, it's all back again. That's what we have, at times, we have allowed our generations to become. That's what we have allowed our churches to become. Sometimes we're, we're known as the feel-good churches where we, you know, I've, I've heard this over and over and over. And I understand where it's coming from. But I want to tell you something. Let me just explain to you what I've heard. I've heard the saying of, man, I just wish we could go back to camp. Man, I just wish we could go back to, to the consecration week. Man, when I was young, we used to get into speaking in tongues and people were dancing in the spirits. And man, if I could just get back to that time. So we become a church of feel good. We're a feel good church at times. Where the relationship sometimes isn't real in here. But we come to God and we play church or, or, or we play like, hey, I just want to feel good for a little bit. How much, what, what, how long is the service? An hour and a half? I just want, I'm going to go to church, man. I, I got to feel good. I want to feel better about myself. But you go back home and you never change. And the change isn't real. I'm not just speaking to us in here. I'm speaking to those that are out there. When will you learn to surrender to God? When will you learn to shema, to, to obey, to listen to God, to yield yourself to God? Hallelujah. Can I share with you that Jesus is coming? You know, you may have heard that a thousand times, but it's time to wake up a little bit. Hallelujah. I don't want Jubilee to be a church of a feel-good church. I want it to be an encounter church. Hallelujah. Where they could come to the altar. Hallelujah. Where they could be watching online and still feel the presence of God. But it takes for us to come to God and say, God, I don't want to be like King Saul. If you have called me, I will obey. Hallelujah. If you have told me it is wrong, then I will stay away from it. If I have been warned by prophets and by people to not go to something, I will not go there. Because I would rather obey than sacrifice my kingdom that God has given us. Can you say amen to the Lord? Hallelujah. For his word, hallelujah. Some of us have been numb. You know, it was interesting not having service last Sunday. As a matter of fact, coming to church today felt a little weird. It was like I was in, in the flesh. My flesh was a little like off. It was like, I can't explain it. It just, it was almost like, man, I could get used to not going to church. Come on, don't act all sanctified. You know, some of you were thinking the same thing before you came here. Amen. We're human. But I will say it became so natural. I don't have to go to church. Why would I have to go to a church? Why do I got to go listen to somebody? Why do I, I can serve God right there, right here where I'm at. Are you? Some of us have been in for church. We don't have the, we got no life support. But here's why I tell you that. Because, you see, our spirit will always be against, the flesh will always be against the spirit. 
Meaning you're always never going to want to make it to church. You're never going to want to hear accountability. Hallelujah. Just like Saul didn't want to be held accountable. He felt that he was higher. He felt that he was king. That he could make a decision. Will it cost him his kingdom? Don't be fooled. God knows your desires. He knows when you come to him with your heart. He knows the obedience that is required. He knows uh, if you're really coming to church to come to church or if you're staying home because you want to stay home. God has required Shema, obedience. And the second thing he requires is for us to have a genuine change in our hearts. When you talk to people who have been saved, when God came into their life, what's the first thing they tell you besides, I thank God? They say, what next? Man, if you only knew me, when, what I was. I thank God because I didn't stay where I was. I thank God because I had a merciful God. And he continues to have mercy upon me. I believe that if King Saul would have just said, God, have mercy on me, and he would have continued praying, he may have had a few more years as king. But because he would rather have felt good for the moment. Does that sound familiar? Some of us understand that because the sin feels so good for the moment. And it feels so good while we're entertained by it. But the moment it's gone, boom. If King Saul would have just listened. If he would have just said, God, I'm sorry. Man, God, I messed up change me God you've placed me over the children of Israel a mighty nation you gave me victory why would I want something else let us stand if we could just have one singer in the, in the keyboard that would be fine here at the, at the altar Can you put up a scripture for me, uh, First Lady? Second Chronicles, chapter 7, verses 14 through 15. Can you all get your phones out and, and write this note, note this down, okay? I believe this is what the Spirit of God has given me for our church and for those that are watching today. We're in a world that plays for keeps to kill. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 14 through 15. If you want a promise upon your life, listen carefully. The word of God says this. Who is speaking, by the way, the Lord? He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. Heal their land. 
Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. What God requires is a true heart. I don't know where you're at with your walk with God. And I'm not here to point out flaws in it. But what I will say is this. The Lord is coming soon. He's coming soon. And it's time that we step out of the feel-good fray moment. You don't have to have a camp to have an encounter with God. You don't have to have a, a, a Holy Ghost service with the best musicians and singers to have an encounter with God. All he requires is you to be obey, obedient and be willing. I'm going to open up this altar. If you feel that you want to be prayed.